The following is a production of the Phoenix Studios Podcast Network here at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. For more podcasts, be sure to visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts. This is Serious Serious Fun. Welcome back to Serious Fun. As always, I am Dr. Brian Carr, and uh, this week I want to do something a little bit different. Um, we have a lot of great students here at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay working on some really cool projects, and sometimes they are, in fact, pop culture related. So one of the things I do want to try to do on this show when I get the chance and the opportunity is to highlight some of those unique student projects and talk to the students behind them. And as it just so happens, I happen to have a student who is working on a neat pop culture related thing. His name is Tyler Schultz. He's one of my former students, just graduated this past weekend. And for the last semester, he's been working on a YouTube series called Reading Pixels, wherein he takes a serious literary, psychological, whatever kind of approach you want to talk about, to video games and he's done some really phenomenal and fantastic work and I wanted to give him a chance to kind of talk about it and talk about sort of the challenges that come with trying to talk about video games on YouTube. And so without further ado, here's my interview with Tyler Schultz, the creator of Reading Pixels, right here on Serious Fun. And we are here back in Historic Studio B uh, with a very special guest. Uh, this is one of my students, Tyler Schultz. Tyler, hello. How are you? Doing fine. How are you? Yeah, very good. Now, of course, you're about to graduate. Yes. It's yes. about a week away now yeah. from where we're sitting. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll get this. This will definitely be on the air before that happens. It wasn't. Um, but Tyler here, we were having him on the show because he has done a very interesting project as sort of his independent study senior project kind of thing. Um, It's a web series that takes a critical and literary analytical look at video games. It's called Reading Pixels, uh, and it is very much worth your time to check out. Uh, it's, 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 it's really cool when as a professor I can point at something my students do and say, that's really neat, that's really <laughs> So this is something, and I've been able to do that. So Tyler, welcome to Serious Fun. Oh, thanks for having me. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, this. So you are a mass media student here at UWGB. That is correct. Okay, and uh, you have an interest in uh, television and video production and that kind of thing. Yes. Okay, so what brought you to do a web series about video games? Like, what what interests you uh, about like uh, taking this approach to video production? Um. Well, for the long ever since back in high school, I've always been kind of interested in doing something on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was. Uh, with the dawn of guys like the Spoonie One, uh, Nostalgia Critic, mm-hmm. the guys like that. Uh, saw a lot of them back in like the freshman year of high school, and then sort of thinking, like, maybe I want to do something like that. And just now, just having the opportunity to kind of get around doing that with the equipment that I have, the, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that the university kind of has mm-hmm. around that lets me do it, and the fact that I'm a able to do this for at least a grade is mm-hmm. kind of a bit more of an incentive to really start going a bit more into it. Sure. Kind of gives me the kick in the pants I yeah. need to, like, really get this kick-started, which, mm-hmm. you know, three episodes in, with a fourth one almost done. Yep. 
Yeah, we're looking forward to that one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've been working on this project for about a uh, semester. So if you don't know how long a semester is, if you're listening to this, it's about 14 weeks-ish. We're in, we're in week 14. Right. Um, so you've been working on this for a few months and uh, putting out some really good video. Um, so what has been the most surprising thing that you've picked up? Because you've looked at three games. You've looked at uh, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just going to call it Valhalla because to actually spell it out is really complicated. Right. But the cyberpunk bartending visual novel. Yes. Um, we have talked about um, uh, Night in the Woods. Mm -hmm. uh, and your fourth one's going to be on uh, Persona 5. Persona 5. Okay. So that's a pretty eclectic little range of games there. So, what's the big sort of surprising thing that you've pulled out from looking at this? Um, well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, one kind of interesting thing is like, just kind of looking at all the games that I've been picking out and everything, um, they're all well. They're all kind of like they're all pretty different in terms mm -hmm. of like content, uh, themes, that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, my uh, let me get my words. Sure, together. sure, sure. Uh, I definitely know. Like when my mom ended up watching like my first few episodes and everything, like the first thing she act, said, uh, asked me was like. Do you really play these games? Like, aren't they kind of dark and everything? Like, <laughs> it seems like gonna be a running theme. That's I such a mom question. It is. It's like, now I kind of think about it. It's like, you know what? You might be right. These are kind of dark games. Like, mm -hmm. I, kinda, I guess I kind of gravitate a bit more towards those kind of games mm -hmm. with a bit more of a darker theme to it. Not through like actively trying to. It just sort of just happens that way. Mm -hmm. Or at the very least, those were the games I felt inspired to do. I guess sure. it's not a personal darkness because you're you're a bubbly young man, right. but um, it's more just like there's something that speaks to you from a, uh, an analytical perspective about this. You and you were quite taken with uh, with Night in the Woods. Oh, very much. So. Yeah, um, t uh, it was. You really sort of made a case for why this is a game worth checking out. And mm -hmm. and what I found interesting is that a lot of the uh, games you talk about, uh, I actually like. I should probably check this out. Like right. Valhalla is one that's on my list for sure. Night on the Woods. Was or Night in the Woods is something I wasn't really looking at, but your video kind of made me think, well, maybe there, I should check this out at some point. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really interesting. I, I noticed that you've been really focusing a lot on indie games, maybe with the exception of Persona 5, which is not an indie game by any stretch of the imagination, right. but maybe a little more obscure than some of the, the, the big releases. Was there any particular reason why you did that? Um, mainly the length. Mm -hmm. uh, if I was going to get... I kind of felt like indie games are a bit shorter to kind of go through, a little easier to kind of like pick apart and everything in a more of a concise time. Uh, I got other classes as well, so I want a short I want a shorter game with enough content to really look at. Mm -hmm. And a lot of indie games kind of go with that. Also with sort of like the beginning of the semester and everything, I didn't really realize my PS4 could actually record stuff. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of been relying on like this built-in capture system on uh, my laptop. And just kind of going through, okay, what do we have on Steam? Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't played Lisa yet. I've been meaning to do that. Let's do an episode on that. Mm -hmm. And turning out, just realizing just how dark that game really gets. And So in a way, it's kind of like an excuse to get through your backlog, your, yes. your pile of shame, as it were. Right. Yeah, I, I need an excuse to do something like that myself. <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of at that point with Steam where I feel like uh, the whole idea of a backlog on Steam is just a social construct mm -hmm. that like it, it's just like you're going to have one just by virtue of you if you have the Steam client installed on your computer eventually you're gonna have like 70 games on there oh, that right. you have no intention of ever actually playing but you just got somehow it was on sale so yeah it was well. on sale it was part of a humble bundle 
or something like that because I'll look at my Steam library sometimes and I'll just be like, uh, how did I get this? Where did this come from? Did I buy this? <laughs> I don't remember buying this. Did somebody give this to me? Um, and and I'll and I, then I never actually play it. Right. So this is kind of a nice uh, a nice excuse to go through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what has been your biggest challenge in producing this? And then we talked about like the technological hurdles and that's probably also, like you said, something that kind of like influences what kind of games you pick. Obviously right. if it's games on PS4, it's going to be that much easier to get video from. So you probably gravitate toward that kind of stuff, right? Right. Um, like I said, a lot of the challenges I kind of ran into, uh, are currently running into as well are kind of more technical, uh, mm-hmm. trying to get equipment to work, working with the editing system on the computers we have here, um, Try, uh, first try to work on PCs and everything. I'm a PC guy. They're all right, but program wasn't really necessarily working all that well on them, so I switched over to Mac, which led to a couple of other problems, but the pro- the program works on there, so I, can't, I don't know. It's just more me trying to fit a round object in a square hole right a lot of the times. Yeah, and that's that that's video production for you right yeah, yeah. there. <laughs> Um, so you've got a four, you got uh, three in the can. You've got one coming. Is this a series you want to continue? Is this something you want to keep working on? Almost oh, definitely. Okay. So what kind of games do you think you want to work on in the future? Because I mean, I could surely I, there's there's definitely ones I could like say, hey, it'd be interesting to see you do this or that. But what ones are sort of speaking to you that you're playing now or interested in that you think you could do something interesting on? Uh, I definitely want to talk about Catherine. Catherine. Uh, okay. It's kind of like the prototype for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, back last semester, I was part of your uh, video game class. Yes, yeah, uh, you, you've had a couple classes with me at this point. Yeah, yes, uh, and one of the big assignments was doing a, a ten-page analysis on a different game that we wanted, mm-hmm. and I decided to do the, my analysis on Catherine, mm-hmm. which uh, basically the whole analysis centered around like looking at four, the four principal characters of the game and how each of them resemble, like basically resemble relationships as a whole you have vincent as your everyman your the person who's being part of the relationship mm-hmm. uh, you have catherine with a k at representing relationship as a commitments mm-hmm. as being one-on-one the that kind of stuff and then you have catherine with a c which is relationships more of a more of a free more of a uh, more of a physical sort of uh, commitment and then you have uh, the fourth character. Um, not going to get too much into him for spoiler reasons. Mm-hmm. Granted, this is kind of an older game, but whatever. Yeah, I'm guessing that most people who are listening to this have and, and would be worried about uh, Catherine spoilers have probably already played it. Probably. but Or, or just have no idea what you're talking about. Right. It's, it's, it's really, that's the audience. They either are very acutely aware and have already pl- done this <laughs> stuff, or they have no idea what's going on and they're just listening because like, oh, it's a podcast from the university. Right, right. Uh, but the fourth character, Boss, uh, being... Basically, representing relationships as a necessity, more of the social, more of the uh, scientific. Well, uh, there's a man, a woman, mm-hmm. uh, c- uh, chemical reactions. If you don't do this, then the human species is no more, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Sure. And just sort of like taking a look at those four different characters and see how that kind of fits as sort of like different interpretations of relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's definitely one you want to look at and sort of because I do remember that's a very that was a very good paper you wrote, um, and so that'll be interesting to see that translated. What other ones are sort of interesting to you? Because Catherine seems like a natural fit for what you're doing. I know you've been teasing Grim Fandango for a while. I have um, to the point where it's becoming a running gag. It kind of is. Um, funny thing about that, like I was intending to actually do Grim Fandango back uh, after my second episode, 
But it was I was kind of uh, during the whole editing process for the Valhalla one. Mm-hmm. I kind of ended up getting a couple games that I wanted else also wanted to play. Uh, mainly Enter the Gungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just Ooh. basically ate up a lot of my time. Like after editing, it was like. So I'm kind of playing this, kind of in the back of my mind, thinking you should probably play Grim Fandango. Mm-hmm. You should, like, we've already played a little bit before. Yeah, but what's, like, what's Manny up to? We should yeah, check what's on Ma- Manny. Let's check on Manny. Yeah. Let's let's do that episode we talked about, and then, I guess like a week after or so, after still playing that game, I ended up hearing about this game called Night in the Woods mm-hmm. uh, from guys like Jacksepticeye, RPG Minx, uh, bigger YouTubers. And was pretty interested. I also remember seeing a uh, trailer for it on the PSN. Mm-hmm. So I figured, all right, this looks like a good game. I might as well give it a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just falling in love with it like as, later on as I go. And that just sort of like ate up all my attention for that. Right. Like by the time I beat that game, like it's a very short game, mm-hmm. six hours at the very most if you want to do every little thing. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you, you can watch the video um, on YouTube if you want yeah. to get more of a. Well, there'll be a link in the show notes. I'll put a link in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. The videos are definitely worth your time. Um, and, and I think you're hitting on something kind of interesting because you are technically a YouTuber now. Right. Um, like, yeah, that is. And, and I wonder, like, because I, I, I have not done this. I, I am from a generation that is not really, when you, when you talk about these YouTube names and these uh, personalities. <laughs> okay, that's getting cut out. <clears throat> Sorry. So when you cut, when you talk about these YouTube names and these personalities, uh, I feel a little bit lost. Like I, I, I have heard these names, right. but I don't know who they are. And what to me, what's kind of interesting about video games, like this performative aspect, and you're not necessarily doing it as like a let's play thing where you're just like talking over the game while you play it. You're putting some like actual like sort of editorial and thought into this. Right. Um, but I wonder, like, how do you balance the idea of I want to play this game and enjoy it versus I've got to come up with a hook to talk about it. Um, it kind of just happens, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm kind of getting into a lot of games uh, beforehand, kind of knowing, like, okay, when I, I want to talk about this game. I have an idea of what I want to say about it, but let's play through the game and see if I can actually come up with more enough evidence for it mm-hmm. or enough reason to, like, talk about it. Or who knows, maybe I actually just run I just play a game just out of the blue and then run into it. That's kind of what happened with Valhalla as well. That was it was a game that I heard a lot of good things about and figured, "All right, let's play it. Let's play a little bit of it kind of like on my downtime and then try to figure out what to do all mm-hmm. while I'm writing and filming for Lisa and everything." Next thing I know, I start thinking like, "You know, I could do an episode on this." Mm-hmm. And kind of lead into that episode there. Sure. So, so you don't really see that there's really not like a division between I, I want to play this versus I need to talk about this. It's just sort of whatever comes up just comes up. Right. So you could like you could theoretically just say, all right, oh, I'm playing this game. I really don't have anything that interesting to say about it, but maybe it'd be fun to do a video just talking about the things it does right or something. Like right. That. Okay. Right. Cool. Um, so you got some. So you got some plans coming up. You got some interesting games to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this is an educational enterprise. I am your educator. I'm your professor. Right. Uh, so I got to ask, what have you learned? Like, what is your big takeaway from doing this series? Like, what is going to help you professionally? And just what have you learned from an academic and educational standpoint? 
Um, I'm definitely learning a bit more techniques in terms of video editing. Uh, I've already got a little bit of background with video production mm -hmm. uh, from high school. Uh, back then, I was working on uh, for, with First Robotics uh, as sort of like the one, basically the media guy working on team videos and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had a lot of experience with montage editing. And I feel like that really helps me kind of like get the ebb and flow in terms of, you know, editing in general, like mm -hmm. getting in time with the clips, the music, the voiceover, that kind of stuff. So being able to sort of kind of apply that a bit more uh, right now with this really kind of helps kind of hone the craft a little bit more, mm -hmm. which if I want to get it, get more professionally with this is perfect. It's like, right. It's a perfect way to kind of like, you know, get the rust off the blade and everything. Mm -hmm. Cool. So you got that technical thing, but uh, what have you learned about like analyzing media? Um, you kind of have to really. I don't know. It's it's a little hard to explain. It just you kind of have to keep an open mind with a lot of the games you play. Mm -hmm. Um, you you just gotta make gotta try to like look, look at all the different look at all the different angles for a game and mm -hmm. see just. You know, to be more than happy to just, like, change whatever idea you had before. Mm -hmm. Like I said, sometimes I'll have an idea for a game, like, right away. And then, like, the game will do something else mm -hmm. and think – and I'll start thinking, like, no, let's look at it at this angle. Like, instead of looking at the narrative – like, the overall narrative content, how about just looking at one character and see how mm -hmm. that works? Or in terms of Valhalla, like, instead of – looking at all the characters or anything, like, to see how the story works as, mm -hmm. as a structure. Like, how is this being presented? Like, So honing in on something that's, like, very specific rather than trying to be like, okay, here's, like, the sort of, like, all-encompassing totality of what this piece of media is. Like, you just want to find that one hook that you can really speak to. Yes. Okay. That's really interesting because that's something that I personally struggle with in my own work. I just did a presentation on Overwatch um, at a uh, local uh, women's and gender studies conference. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in retrospect, like I was trying to bite off too much by taking like three or four different theoretical approaches to it. Right. And maybe I should have just focused on one thing and that would have been stronger. But uh, at the same time, like there's a lot to talk about and you kind of want to do everything, but it's, it's hard to find that one thing that this is my entry point into talking about this. Mm -hmm. So did you ever struggle with that? Um. Yes and no, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, in terms of trying to find that, you're asking where I where where to start with these videos. Right? Yeah, like like do you have your struggle where it's like okay, I'm sitting down with Lisa or I'm sitting down with Night in the Woods, and I'm trying to figure out okay, what is my angle on this? I know I want to talk about it. I know this right. game is interesting on some level, but what's my approach? What's my hook? Like what theory am I using or what what take am I using? Like do you ever struggle with that? Um. It kind of depends with the game. Mm -hmm. uh, with games like Lisa, I kind of know already beforehand what the game's kind of about. Mm -hmm. sort of. It, it's about a post-apocalyptic uh, world where there's no women, it's all men. Mm -hmm. Try going from that, uh, maybe do sort of like an, like an analysis on how it represents masculinity, that kind of stuff. Um, with, or maybe take a look at the different characters, see how that works. Mm -hmm. Again, it's just sort of like having a huge sort of like range of different things different talking points mm -hmm. and just sort of like checking off whichever ones you can find uh, scratching out which ones you don't find you don't find or just don't feel you can really talk about too much it's more just having that yeah you know, being very quick to sort of like change you change your mind i guess like right. don't stick with one thing for too long 
because the game will surprise you later on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So it's a very sort of adaptive kind of approach to this. Yes. Well, uh, I, this has been a great talk about a really interesting subject and something that's definitely very resonant. I, I mean, if you look at like the uh, um, the market for online video right now, one of the biggest drivers of traffic is video game content. Is is streaming? Is let's play? Is like the sort of like kind of stuff you're doing with like theory and analysis? Right. Um, and there's, there's certainly something. That there's a lot uh, an audience that really is dying for that content. Mm -hmm. um, but I got to ask you before we, we wrap things up here, mm -hmm. what is your favorite video game of all time? Um, it Right now, it's Persona 4, but mm -hmm. with Persona 5 out, I think it's slowly becoming my favorite game now. Okay. Um, what what about Persona 5 improves? Because I've played the fourth one. It's the only one in the series I've played, so it's the only frame of reference I have for any of this. Mm -hmm. um, what about 5 is starting to make you think that it might be better? Uh, definitely, uh, right off the bat, the pacing's a bit better. Mm -hmm. Like, the one thing, like, I love 4 to death, but the one thing that really kind of makes it a little hard to recommend with people is sort of like this, the, I guess, getting into it for the beginning, right at the beginning, mm -hmm. like, with the whole two, three hour, like, introduction. It's a slow burn. It's, it's a, a very, very it's a very burn. slow start, but mm -hmm. once you get into it, it's great. At the very least with 5, it, like, starts you off right into the action. Mm-hmm. And then, then gets you to the hour and a half long tutorial. Sure. But it, it still gives you that incentive of like, this is what you're gonna get into. This is what happens later. Mm -hmm. Let it'll happen soon. Mm -hmm. We just gotta get through this stuff as well. You gotta eat your vegetables first before right. you get to the dessert. And another thing that I really, really enjoy were the characters, mm -hmm. the just the overall feel and style to it as well. Okay. I mean, it's very hard. It, it's very hard for a game to like really capture me just for just from the menus alone. Sure. Like, just by upping a stat, just like all mm -hmm. the stuff, all the flair to it, all the little things that you don't really notice right away. Mm -hmm. But when you really just kind of like take the time to like notice like, oh hey, like the actual character models are talking along with the vote, like the actual mm -hmm. audio. That's really cool. And like they're actually emoting as opposed to like the other games where mm -hmm. it's just sort of like a static face with just like a cutout sort of thing, like acting as yeah like they have a little uh character portrait in the yeah. side that's doing the emotion for them right um whereas the actual models are just kind of like just sort of like animatronic right puppets just like ah yes i'm upset so i'm raising my arms but you can't see any change in my expression right that kind of thing no um, so and, that, and that's kind of like you know just they're, they're dealing with a bit better horsepower and and uh graphics and that sort of thing so right um and what's kind of interesting about that series and maybe you can speak to this a little bit is this idea that you're sort of balancing this fantastical sort of realm of like monsters and like your inner psyche and stuff like that with the idea of okay you're a high school student in japan you've got to go to class right you've got to do you've got to make these social obligations and talk to people and there, there is a schedule to keep and it's it kind of seems like that's just sort of the hook of this series at that point right yeah, you definitely start feeling the schedule mm -hmm. really, really strong in this game. Uh, you're you're told right off the bat you got a year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you have all the different palaces they have to go through the the dungeons for the game. Mm -hmm. uh, all the monsters, all the bosses. You got all the social links, which are now called confidence now, mm -hmm. which now have actual buffs and like bonuses for mm -hmm. them instead of just like the normal persona boosts. So, you're, are... so your attack gets better if you make friends with this person, right. that kind of thing. Uh, for example, uh, one of the uh, confidants that you do, uh, the temperance one, I think, 
basically the last one it gives you allows you to do stuff after like going to the dungeons and everything. Mm-hmm. Normally, if you go to a dungeon, uh, you can't do anything at like any anymore after that day. Mm-hmm. But if you manage to get that done, you're able to like use the rest of that time to do another confidence mm-hmm. or maybe read a book, study that kind of stuff, do sure. more stuff. You know, up your stats a little more. Be mm-hmm. a bit more efficient with what you can do. So, kind of bringing it back full circle. What's your what kind of interesting sort of analysis, or what are you kind of uh, taking away from that? The, those mechanics, the way the world comes together. What what's your angle on this one? Um, well, originally I wanted to do more of a more a more of an analysis on some of the characters I run into, mm-hmm. uh, particularly the character Futaba. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get into too many spoilers with her, like in terms of her palace and everything. Uh, but definitely, it's more of the like her story is more similar to that of four. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like a lot of it's more of like a personal struggle struggle sure. rather than like dealing with another person. Mm-hmm. Although there is a little bit of that, but not too much. So it's like an internalized it, dilemma. It, it or is something. a very internalized okay. dilemma. And I felt that I really want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. Atlas, when releasing Persona 5, uh, decided to use this whole streaming embargo and everything. And that kind of screwed up a lot of my plans. Sure. Sort of like, okay, I could release the video with all this, but I don't necessarily know how this is going to affect my channel. If they're going to notice it all, mm-hmm. if notice it at all, I don't want to make that risk. Sure. So... It kind of put me in a hard spot. And, and just so for the folks who are listening, you don't know, like the idea is like you can only record video or stream video up to a certain hour mark in the game or a certain story point, right? Yeah, a certain in-game day. Okay. But now after I have everything all filmed and mm-hmm. edited, uh, filmed and uh, written and recorded and everything, mm-hmm. they decide to push the date back. Sure. Even farther. Right. Like past that point where I wanted to talk about like, well, great. You, you couldn't have waited a couple days for yeah. me to really. <laughs> All right, let's work with what I have. I guess. Yeah. We'll we'll make something from this now and right. kind of do more of an in depth thing later on because I still need to finish the game. I feel like you know this is a game I definitely need to finish, and you know have a way actually get an Elgato and everything to record it because at this point in time you still can't record it from like the actual streaming button, mm-hmm. which really annoys me. But yeah. Well, I mean, you can always do a second one. I can. I yeah. can. That's Persona kind of, 5.2 or something like that. that. That's kind of my intention right now. Right. Sort of like just do a little more of a general, this is what's good about the game. Sure. Uh, sort of like a short anal- like a short five-point analysis on like different things mm-hmm. of the different aspects. Like five mini-episodes mm-hmm. in one. Sure. And that, and that can be kind of interesting because that game is like, what, 100 hours long? Something oh, yeah. Like that. yeah easily so you could probably get a couple more out of it. I can. Like, All right. Just... Alone, just from the bosses, alone, like just from the different dungeons alone, because mm-hmm. the first one uh, is basically going up against a volleyball teacher who is basically physically, emotionally, and sexually abusing his students. Oh, going from that, like so, that, this game goes dark. It's very dark, and then your mom's going to be very concerned. Very, very, like it gets like just from the get go, like you're experiencing police brutality. Yeah. you're getting betrayed by one of your friends. Like this is all in the first minute basically mm-hmm. and it goes right from the get-go mm-hmm. and the thing about that first palace that's the first palace right it gets worse oh, <laughs> it gets darker yeah that's that's a ringing endorsement like uh, i said i don't go after these games actively the, they just come to me you didn't choose the you didn't choose the dark <laughs> game life the dark game life chose you i didn't choose the edgelord life <laughs> 
that the edge chose me. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot to look forward to for reading Pixels, and I'm really mm-hmm. excited to hear you're going to continue doing this, and I'll definitely keep watching as long as you keep making it. So, All right. So uh, thank you for coming to talking about uh, reading Pixels here on Serious Fun. Do you want to stick around and play a quick round of Defend Your Fandom? Oh, uh, absolutely. All right, so we'll come right back with that in a second. Uh, so this is a little game I like to play here on Serious Fun called Defend Your Fandom. Now, of course, if you listen to the show, you probably have an idea of how this works. But we've only ever done it once before, so really the rules are pretty fluid. Uh, the idea is essentially this. We all have things in our pop culture fandom that we are just a uh, deep, unabashed fan of. Um, not, those things are not always things we like to admit openly to others. We're not always proud of it. Uh, I certainly have my own, uh, and uh, so does everybody. But that does not mean these things are without value, does not mean these things are without worth. Uh, there is something to all pop culture, and we, and in this show, we very much believe that all culture is valid and all culture is worth considering. So uh, I like to ask the guests, what is your guilty pleasure fandom or a thing that you like but you don't really talk about a whole lot? Um, and, and why is it good? So let's, so Tyler, defend your fandom. All right. Okay. This fandom is not necessarily a guilty pleasure, but it's definitely one of those fandoms that I really have a hard time really describing to people. Okay. And this is the, uh, the, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fandom. Okay. So JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Now I, okay, let's, uh, they're going to be, as soon as you say that, you're going to have a lot of people scratching their heads. I am at least somewhat familiar with the concept of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, the, I, there was like an old PlayStation fighting game I had that was, and I didn't really know what was happening, but I thought it was fun. Um, and, I'm, and there's like a lot of memes and that sort of thing going on. Oh, yeah. So describe really quickly, if you can, what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is. This is a uh, Japanese anime and manga series. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, basically, what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is, it's originally started off as a... Manga series back in the 1980s, mm-hmm. uh, first starting off uh, with the first part, Phantom Blood. Uh, basically, a different retelling of Bram Stoker's Dracula, in a mm-hmm. sense. Uh, two rich, uh, two kids growing up together. One turns in, uh, one becomes a vampire. The other one r- learns the uh, learns the ways of Hamon, which is basically harnessing sunlight power mm-hmm. through breathing good. Okay. Yeah. So basically, able to harness life energy, go from there. Part one's probably the easiest to understand story, uh-huh. and then it just goes even crazier on and on with part two. So it gets weirder than trying to control the sun through proper breathing techniques. Yes. Okay. Like part two. Like part two then deals with people who've made these stone masks that turn people into vampires because. Oh. It's not just like, oh, you get bit by a vampire and now you're a vampire. So, so, so vampires are a recurring antagonist in the series. Yeah, only for the part first part uh, first three parts. Okay, but then again, there's also some other side books as well. Sure, and it's been going on for a while. You said Very since the much. '80s, so there's probably a lot of material out there. I know they just did like a new series, like a new anime, right, or something like that. Yeah, they just finished up with the part force uh, anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diamond is unbreakable. Okay, absolutely fantastic. Go watch it. Sure. Um, yeah, part two. Yeah, vampires are made from stone masks, mm-hmm. and you meet the people who made those masks which 
are the most fabulous looking people that you've ever seen. Sure. That basically sums up JoJo in a nutshell. It is fabulous. It is fabulous. It's fabulous people doing fabulous things. Pretty much. Okay, so and, and so this is a pretty wild concept. And, you know, why why should people seek this out? Like, why is it worth considering in our pop culture diet? I think it's because of just how unique it is. Mm-hmm. Like, later on in the parts, you end up running into things called stands, which mm-hmm. are... I guess in a way, if you've played the game, the Persona games, they're kind of the similar concept. It's a psycho, uh, like a psychokinetic like representation of yourself, your right. own fighting spirit, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are named after bands and songs, sure. and albums, that kind of stuff. You have Red Hot Chili Pepper versus uh, that's an actual stand. I, I, yeah, this yeah. is this is great. Keep going. You have Superfly. You nice. have Octung Baby. So many different wow. things like. It base it's insane just from like the level of creativity you end mm-hmm. up running into this like, ne- like you never have you ever have I ever been like so hyped to see a bunch of people try to fight a radio tower? <laughs> That's an actual thing. <laughs> One of the bad guys in part four is a radio tower and the guy who lives in it. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that that's gonna violate some FCC rules. Um, that that this sounds pretty wild. So uh, I I don't know if you really need to defend this. It seems like on face, like it is just if you are into this kind of stuff, it's a thing you should probably track down. It's it's it sounds like it's got that sort of like very um kind of goofy like over the top thing. Like if you love like weird sci-fi movies and like right. and and like old rock albums it kind of sounds like it'd be perfect mm-hmm. so how does one watch this how does one track it down uh the first four anime are on crunchyroll okay uh, which can, is a streaming anime service it's, yes? it's a streaming anime service um you don't uh for at least right now you don't have to pay anything for it oh um well with crunchyroll there is a subscriptions fee mm-hmm. but that's only for like getting the like the newest episode a week early do i have to do that to like watch it on tv uh, you can get it on your consoles. That's what I mean. Like, do I have to subscribe? Because I know, like, no, Hulu, no, to you... actually watch on your TV, you have to subscribe. But... No, not not from what I understand. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I've been able to do it for free on my PS4 yeah. and everything. Um, there's also the manga being released right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, right now, the West only has up to part three. Okay. And they're releasing the manga in these hard, these really neat-looking hardcover copies. Uh uh, they're right now. They just like just yesterday they released the third volume, I think, of part three. Mm-hmm. So go to a Barnes and Nobles. It if you want to get into it, now's the time. Okay. Because I think there's only like ten books right now. Each of them, like, it sounds like a lot, but really, when you really get into it, you, you start flying through those pages. Like, I I gotta keep reading. I gotta keep reading. I gotta see what crazier stuff happens later. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty wild. Uh, I I will say I I have uh, I do have some knowledge and background in anime, but it's it's been a long time since I've really delved into anything particular. Mm-hmm. But this might be something I have to check out. So I, I think we can officially declare your your fandom has been defended, sir. All right. <laughs> so congratulations and thanks for being on Serious Fun and congratulations on graduating. All the best of luck in the future. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Tyler Schultz, everybody. That's it. Thanks to Tyler Schultz for coming by and talking about his work. I can't wait to see what else he does with it. If you want to check it out, go to YouTube and look for Reading Pixels or search for Tyler Schultz. You should be able to find it either way. I'll also be putting a link on my Twitter page at twitter.com slash So thanks for tuning in for another episode of Serious Fun. We'll be back in another week or so 
with even more fun. So until then, check out all the other podcasts at uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts. And we'll see you later. You go out and have some fun. You just listened to a Phoenix Studio production, the podcast network for the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. For more podcasts, visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts.